Welcome to the family with Ellie Nick. Co-host Catherine Brandt. Elsewhere Bernard Rasmussen. Sitting in for Andy, Cassie Schrader. And we'll be right back. Some great guests coming up. Back in seconds. Family. Brad, Sean, Brian, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and brian Tommy, how long have you been at KQ? 36 years now. Wow, that's loyalty. Well, if I'm completely honest, it isn't the company that I'm loyal to. It's the listeners. I figured out a long time ago they're the only reason I have a job. Why are you asking? Well, we had another great month at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan. In fact, Burnsville continues to be the number one Nissan store in Minnesota. The loyalty part. Get to the loyalty part. Oh, yeah. This month, if you buy or lease a new Rogue or a Pathfinder from us, we'll give you an extra 500 off as long as you own or are leasing a Nissan. That is cool. Do they have to trade it? Nope. It's just a reward for being loyal. By the way, the new Pathfinder is fantastic. It's got a nine-speed transmission, and JLo says it'll practically pull the building. We also cut a deal with our good buddy Charlie Swenson, who's running a Nissan store in Chicago. He gave us some extra rogues. Because Charlie's such a nice guy. Well, Paul might have threatened him. Sounds like Paul. For details, go to Walzer Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan and claim your loyalty gift. Tommy, give him some Elvis loyalty. Thank you. Thank you very much. I forgot. It's an it's a fictional character from Pennsylvania or something. Squonks. Yeah, it's like a jackalope or something. A squonk. Squonk. He says squonks tears. tears. So many times. I don't. Sorry, I don't keep up on fictional characters. Well, we literally talk about it like every other week, and we tell you that it's a fictional character that comes from like Philadelphia (laughs) or something. I've never heard of it. You know what I mean? Apparently, it's not as interesting to you that you remember it. Ladies and gentlemen, the book, Dear Bob, Bob Hope's Wartime Correspondence with the G.I.s of World War II, winner of the 2021 Golden Scroll Awards for Memoir of the Year and Christian Market Book of the Year, ordered by the Advanced Writers and Speakers Association. Martha Bolton with us. How are you doing, Martha? I'm doing great. How are you? Magnificent. Do you ever, when you buy, like, you know, when you write a check for dinner, do you ever just put down M. Bolton so everybody thinks Michael Bolton's paying for it? <laughs> I get asked a lot if, if we're related, but oh, we're I, not. I mean, I don't think so. Well, Bolton's a, a semi-common. I mean, it's not common, but it's, yeah. it's out there. Yeah. So yeah. I want to hear about Bob. Ho- you know, 
even as a little boy, I remember admiring him for doing what he did for the troops uh, in Vietnam and all mm-hmm. the rest of it. He, he, it was something else. Oh, yeah. No one comes close to, to what he did. And and he did it for 50 years. He, uh, uh, you know, uh, he wanted to join the military when World War II broke out. Uh, but uh, President Roosevelt felt that his talents would be better served keeping up the morale. But I'm sure President Roosevelt had no idea the commitment that this man was going to take. And uh, he did it for 50 years all the way up to... Uh, he was 87 at his last military show, so he's climbing in and out of helicopters and right. ducking the same in. Yeah, ducking the same incoming as as the troops. Sometimes, you know, he's up on stage and things are happening behind him. But at 87, you know, he could have retired very nicely, and uh, you know, spent his the rest of his life just enjoying himself. But he was committed. Martha, I didn't realize that he died 18 years ago already. My God. Yeah, yeah, isn't that something? He did make it to a hundred, though. Yeah, he did. He did make it to a yeah. hundred. <laughs> you know, one thing before we move on, and you know, I'm sorry for bringing this up, but but it, you probably find you probably know this already. I did not know this. Whenever he went on the Merv Griffin show, Johnny Carson show, the Tonight Show, you know, with Johnny Carson, any of those talk shows, right? He would hand them a list with five questions on it, and you could not ask him any other question but those five. <laughs> Did you know that? Well, well, we would always work on those shows. As far as when he was going to go on it, he would give oh. us he would give us uh, um, you know thing you know he, he would want us to write for him. But uh, I'm sure those were suggestions for the host. But I'm sure they they uh, you know got off on other topics. It just in show business, it's just where the conversation leads, and I don't. He wasn't demanding that way to uh, that. That's all he could. I'm sure he took a list, and he he may have handed it to him. Right, but, right. Uh, you maybe. know, it's yeah. It's, it, it may not have happened all the all the time. I'm okay. sure. They, maybe uh, that's where President Biden got it from. Yeah, when maybe yeah, Biden probably <laughs> stole stole the idea from from Bob Hope. There you go. So. <laughs> One other quick question, Martha and I. I'll stop annoying you. Who owns the saddle, yeah. the, the saddle house, and uh, that saddle-shaped uh, house in uh, Palm Springs now? Oh, who owns it now? Um, oh man, I I know I've read articles on right. who has it, but I don't remember the the name. But um, yeah, it uh, that was his house, and you, you you know you could see it from the road down below, and and uh, you know we we have. We did shows there, so it's you know very familiar that way. But I, I'm not, I know it did it did sell eventually, and because um, it was so big, and you know it takes a special, oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> special yeah. person and a special place of life to be able to buy it. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was uh, he had three actually. He had one in Palm Springs, and then he had one in Toluca Lake, oh, and right, then the right. Palm Springs. The uh, well, he had two in Palm Springs. He had the original one that he lived in. You know. Uh, Back in the day, and then he had that uh, the turtle-shaped one. Uh, he had that later in life. I could see that it was quite. Yeah, you, you, as a matter of fact, uh, a very quick memory. I was at a Capitol Records convention in Palm Springs. I had a call. I had to go fly back to Minneapolis to cut some commercials for a client, and then fly back uh-huh. to Los Angeles, then back into Palm Springs. And I do remember, I, I hadn't slept in about 36 hours. I was very, very tired. 
you know, flying all night and working in the morning and flying all day to get back there so I could be at that night's meetings. And I remember flying over the mountains, and I was looking at Bob's Ho- Bob Hope's house when we hit some kind of a, I don't know, a, a depression or whatever, and the plane dropped about 200 feet. I'm like, oh, holy. <laughs> Apparently I was very impressed by that house. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. He may have planned that for you. Who yeah, Bob, it was Bob Hope's <laughs> fault, exactly. Um, you know, i got to be honest with you, Martha. As a little boy, and obviously we're doing it long before I was born, but as a little boy, those Bob Hope and Bing Crosby movies, I just loved them. Oh, gosh, yes. And, and what was so... You know, fun about them is he, you could tell that, he, he, you know, him and Bing were having a blast doing them, and then uh, how he would break that fourth wall and talk to the audience, and uh, they just had, they had so much fun. They had so much fun. Well, I had so much fun watching them. Now, how, Ballpark, how old were you when you first went to work for Bob Hope? Uh, uh, late 20s, I think. Um, ballpark. Yeah, <laughs> may Ballpark's have, may have been early early 30s but barely if if that was the case uh yeah and and it was uh only you can imagine for a comedy writer that was the dream job absolutely and oh it was just it was so and it came out of a disappointment and uh with another job that i was uh shooting for and had the opportunity and and then that show got got uh, didn't get picked up and I was like, oh, I was so excited that it was going to happen, and then it didn't happen. And then the, the gentleman that had recommended me to the, to the sitcom uh, also happened to be a writer for Bob Hope. So when it didn't happen, he said, well, would you like to try out writing for Bob? And I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, my goodness, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty so, good. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I did some work, and then one night he called me up after 11 at night, and uh, and that you know that that voice on the other end of the line, right? And it was him. So I I started writing regularly for him, and then uh, eventually uh, came on as a staff writer, and then uh, was was his first woman staff writer. So okay, I promise just one was, more question, and I do I want to talk a lot about the book, but I remember okay. that he was on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. I don't know, but thirty years ago, probably more than that. Probably thirty-five. They, they years were ago. the best when he was they on. Were, they really they were phenomenal. Oh, I know. I he know. made Johnny yeah. laugh more than anyone. But Johnny, <laughs> Johnny, and he would take take chances with everybody. It didn't matter who his guest was. If they didn't want something said, he didn't care. So yeah, Bob that's... Bob Hope is sitting in the chair, uh, the guest chair, and there's Johnny Carson. He goes, Bob, I got to ask you a question. Yeah, what's that, Johnny? He goes, I saw an article in the Hollywood Reporter. He goes, oh. And he goes, literally, oh. And Johnny goes, is it true that you're worth $500 million? And there was a long pause, and Bob said, well, Johnny, I'll be honest with you. My wife saw that article. She's still taking off all the couch cushions looking for it. It was a great, great was, moment. That was the best movie. Oh, it was phenomenal. Was. It was oh, phenomenal. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No doubt yeah. about it. And, and oh, it was it was such fun. And and then Johnny came on the 90th birthday show that yep. we did. Um, so they yeah they, they they would go back and forth with each other. You know, one would go on one show and one would go on the other, as did 
a lot of the celebrities, you know. Yeah, the, it was a great time to be a, a little boy, I'll tell you that. Just watching that as a young boy, seven, eight, nine years old, and then through the, the rest of their lives, just loved right. it. Right. Just loved absolutely oh. adored it. Yeah, and it was such fun. He didn't, you know, he just went out there to have have a good time, and, uh, and the celebrities all knew that, and they just, you know, it was just like a kids putting on a show, you know. It was their chance to. Yeah. Phyllis Diller had it. Had a really good oh, line. She said, too. "When Bob and oh, I know she's a sweetheart." Uh, Bob said, uh, "I mean, she said that when her and Bob get together, it was like two little kids playing yeah. in a sandbox of words." <laughs> You're Isn't absolutely that cool? Right. It's true. Yeah. Has, has anyone ever told yeah. you you sound yeah. a little bit like Betty White? Yeah, you do. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> do I really? Yeah, yeah. You do on the radio anyway. Through my headphones, you sound a little bit like Betty White. Oh man. No, I had it. You're the first. Oh. So. But, you do, but, you do, but you actually do sound a little bit like Betty White. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. No. Well, that's cool. Well, I loved her. She was great. Oh, she yeah. was awesome. No doubt about it. No, I, I got to just just one thing. I got one criticism for you though, Martha. Could you could you do a little okay. more work? I, I just think writing eighty eight books is not that big a deal. <laughs> You've written eighty eight yeah. books. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. A lot of time on your hands. Man. Proli- that's prolific, I think, is what they call that. It's prolific, don't they? I'm pretty sure. It, it, yeah, yeah. It, that's what, that, that is something I have been called is prolific. But this was my uh, career highlight is getting okay. to write this one. And uh, we started it back when Bob was alive, so he was fully aware of it. Oh. And I was working with the letters. And, and, and so I was so uh, impressed with the historical significance of it, but also the peak at his heart. It, it just jumps off these pages. And the relationship between him and the GIs is so much deeper than any of us realize. Mm-hmm. And so I, I told, you know, I asked Bob, have you uh, thought about um, putting these into a book? Because I thought they'd make a great book. And, and he loved the idea, but he didn't think, uh, he could make it through them again because he was just so close to these kids and so close to these letters. So he suggested I I talk with Linda, his daughter, and so uh, we did. We started having meetings and started working on it uh, back then. Uh, even had a publisher flew out and met with us, and and then you know as what happens in Hollywood, you get on to other pro- projects and. And then, you know, you have deadlines for this one and that one, and you, you have to take care of those. And unfortunately, then uh, he passed away. And then a few years ago, she called me, uh, well, contacted me through email first, and then we connected on the phone, but uh, asked if I uh, wanted, you know, it was it was after a, the email, what it was for. And then she said, by the way, would, you know, would you like to get back on that book? And I couldn't believe it. I was so excited because I didn't know where it stood at, mm-hmm. at that point, you know, and I, I just was thrilled. Now I had, the letters used to be at his house. And so I did the work, um, there in California, but then, uh, by then the letters had gone to the uh, library of Congress. So I started going there to finish the research and and then continued to write the book and then I would send the manuscript to Linda and then she'd send it back with great suggestions and then you know we'd go back and forth and back and forth and then the publisher University Press of Mississippi got on board and um, and then it it came out this March 
God, it's just wonderful. Uh, dear Bob, Bob Hope's wartime corresponds with GIs of World War II. Martha, our, uh, my wife Catherine and I do the show together, and our daughter Alex comes in a few days a week to do it with us. Our son's usually here, but he just had a baby on the on the seventh, so he's at home taking oh. care of the baby, which is good. Yeah. But Alex, I want to ask you. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Our daughter, even though she's she's only thirty-two, even. Well, let me put it this way, paying attention, looking back at, at what your parents watched or your grandparents watched or whatever, when you were in, what, first grade? Weren't you, is that when you brought, uh, you your asked to bring a song to school? I think like kindergarten or first grade, yeah. Kindergarten. Well, tell, why don't you tell her the story? It's a great story. So we were asked to bring in a song that we loved, just something that it was like, this is a song that makes you happy. And everybody else brought like Wheels on the Bus, you know, Raffi, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I brought in I Am the Walrus <laughs> by the Beatles. Kukachu, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I didn't bring that up, Martha, is because it seems like um, most millennials now, and Alex is a millennial at 32, but most of them... I was shocked because we asked a question on, I do a morning show in town, too. We asked a bunch of millennials to tell us about Christopher Walken. Not one of them knew who he even was. Not one of them. Millennials? I'm sure they weren't Gen Z. That might have been a mix. (laughs) Gen Z, literally, it's like they don't pay attention to anything other than what is relevant to them. I'm telling, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Seriously. Yeah, it's like, like <laughs> nothing existed before we did. That's like, <laughs> seriously, it's shocking. Well, that's you sound like I an feel. old lady now, Alex. You're a 32-year-old oh, I've, old lady. I've always, I was born at the age of like 43. Yeah, you were, that's true. <laughs> yes. That is true. But the reason I bring that up, Martha, is that, that she does. She looks back all the way to, you know, her grandmothers and what they listened to and grandfather yeah. and all that. But, Bob, same story. I knew who Bob Hope was as long as I can remember being alive. Uh, you know, Bing Crosby and Bob yeah. Hope, and you get on the list. I knew all of them. Uh, and yeah. I'm really, really glad that that's the way the world worked back then. There's so much joy. My generation, I, I, missed, oh, the, yeah. I missed the Bob Hope, Bing Crosby movies because oh, I was too yeah. young. But, yeah, I, but for me, I knew mostly from the stuff he did for the military and Johnny Carson. Right. Right. I mean, that's and, right, and a few right. and a few movies, but mostly his his military stuff and Johnny Carson. See, he was always the best when he was on Johnny Carson. Like Johnny Carson and him had a good vibe. Yeah, they did. They yeah. absolutely did. Yeah, definitely. And it, you know, that's one of the reasons we did the book as well is to let the world, you know, those that don't know, uh, inform them of who this man was, and then also those that knew him, you know, to never forget, because this was one yeah. man that rose to the top of every single facet of show business. Uh, you know, he did all that, and even when he was a major star is when he started going to the troops. It wasn't for publicity or uh, anything like that or photo ops. He was already a star, yeah, and he true. just yeah. dedicated his yeah. life. He, he dedicated his life to the troops and bettering the world, not just the troops, but uh, he would, uh, he, after the shows at NBC, when we would tape the show, and he'd be up all weekend, and he's in his 80s and 90s, and he would stay after and just uh, make these uh, personal, you know, uh, trip uh, appeals for different causes, one oh. after another after another, into the night. And, and he, you know, he was an elderly man, but boy, he believed in giving back. I think it's wonderful. Martha, do you have another interview? Because it says you're supposed to be up by 11.45, and I want to make sure that I don't hold you from uh, from your duties. 
Yeah, no, I'm fine right now. I'm fine right now. Okay. I have another one today, but it's later. Yeah. Okay, so you got six more minutes? Oh, yeah. Love it. Sure. Absolutely love it. Because I want to get back to the Alex situation. Why do you think it is that you were born situation. at 43? I mean, seriously, why, I, why do you have so much interest in what happened before you were born? Uh, it's a really great question. Well, we played music I, from a lot of different I know, but Andy didn't decades. care. Some people are just born old No, but souls. he still can recognize yeah. it. He still recognizes, I still can recognize and knows it. But yeah, it I was just, I, yeah, I've always been an old soul, and I've yeah. always been the mother of everyone, even when I was in junior high. I know I remember some of my more stellar parental advice was just drink a beer and kiss him already. <laughs> I was like, I was nice. like, Mom, yeah. I am 17. This is not appropriate. What is the matter with you? Exactly. I'm like, mm, no. Absolutely. You know, even in this local area here, I do remember Bob Hope and Bing Crosby used to come to town. There's a, there's a golf course here called Midland Hills. And those guys got to be good friends with the head pro. Now, this is Bing Crosby and Bob Hope at the height of their careers in the, the 40s and the 50s. They came up here every year to hang out with the pro over at Midland Hills. There are pictures all over the, the country club, uh, the clubhouse of them. Those guys committed to getting out there and promoting themselves, but they, did, they promoted themselves through friendship, which I really admired. And he was a loyal friend. Uh, He had friends that went back all the way to radio. Some of the writers that were on the staff when I was on, they they went all the way to radio. Uh, And and when we would have events, uh, he would invite them all, or they would come down to the show tapings and... Uh, celebrity, old, you know, older celebrity friends of his. They weren't even on the show at the, at, you know, for that particular show, and they would just come hang out with Bob. And then, you know, and, and you can imagine how much fun that was to be around all these legends. <laughs> but uh, it's just, it's just amazing. It is but amazing. He was a great friend. Yeah, he was a great friend. I understand he was very polite. Also, I never got the chance to talk to him. I never met him. But I understand he was a very polite guy. He, he he always was interested to hear what you had to say if he had just met you. Everybody I know that ever met exactly. him thought the world of the guy. Yeah, yeah. And there's in the book there's letter after letter where I, you know I I, I don't, you probably won't remember me, but I met you at a gas station and you came up to me and you said this and I, I mean just the the impact he made on people's oh, lives sure. by by just being friendly, like you said. He was just an approachable megastar, which, I mean, that doesn't ha- go together all the time. Not today's uh, world. But he was... <laughs> no, it doesn't. You're right. <laughs> you got a good laugh on that at the, out of the, um, In the height of the war, in the height of World War II, he was receiving 38,000 uh, fan letters a week. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Can you can you imagine? No. And he did his best to try to to try to answer them all, and as as much as he could. If anybody could have answered that many fan letters, he would have done it. But he he those letters just he knew that they sat down and and uh, took the time to write to him, and he was gonna he was gonna answer it. Plus, they would ask for things, and he would make sure that they got it. Whatever they asked for, he mail it to them, or if it was something bigger, he. would you know, take it to the people, take it to the Congress, take it to the president. He was their champion. You know, Martha, it's only 152,000 letters a month. 
Staying a you little almost busy. get that many, right? That's yeah, yeah. It's, I get that many dirty looks is what I get. That's what <laughs> there it is right there. But Martha, what a great pleasure it's been to have you on. The book is called Dear Bob, Bob Hope's Wartime Correspondence with GIs of World War II. Only 88 books, though. Martha, make more of an effort. Let's go. <laughs> and, and tell, lacking, and, right? <laughs> and tell, tell agents if anybody ever needs a voiceover for Betty White, they're redoing something. Yeah. I'm right. telling you, well, if, you listen to, if you re-listen to this tape, you'll hear it. Is she you, 100 yet? You sound... Betty White's 90-something. You, you sound or oh, just identical on there. You really the laugh. I laugh. It's the last hit. Dead on. Dead on. It is. <laughs> That'll be my new career. There you go. Martha, please come back. We'd like to talk to you more about whatever you're doing. I want to talk to you about it. Well, thank you. I would love to. Anytime. Thank you, Martha. Martha Bolton, ladies and gentlemen, B-O-L-T-O-N. The book is called Dear Bob, Bob Hope's Wartime Correspondence with GIs of World War II. What a nice person. Yeah. Uh, some city just had a mayor reelected. He's 97. <laughs> 97. <laughs> he's he's like, I do a great do. job. 97, and he was just re-elected. Boom. <laughs> Taking it to the grave. <laughs> we only got about 30 seconds here, but I wouldn't mind continuing this conversation in the second part. What I'm, you know, I talk about this on the air once in a while. I knew who my mother loved. I knew who my father liked, even though he was only around until I was seven. He came back for a while when I was 16, but that was about an hour. Um, I knew what my grandmother liked. Uh, they, that's not how it is anymore at all. No, well, it's not. Not at all. I think no. it depends on the person because I, you, and I, I got this from you, Dad. I'm gesturing at you, which no one yes, can three. see. So now I'm telling the people, have a very emotional connection to music. Yeah. Which I think peop yes. most people have an emotional connection to music. But we have a really emotional connection to music. And so I think that that's why it's so interesting to us to listen to what. Other people listen to, and it's, for me, it's always felt like part of my, like, part of who you are yeah, and part yeah. of my family history a bit. And so I think that that's why it's always been so interesting to me is because I emotionally connect to the music that you listen to because it's so important to you and it's yeah, important to me. True. So it's something that we share. Yeah, very, very true. That's why, that's <laughs> so why I was in the record business. That's why I did radio. That's why I did voiceover. I mean, it, it was all because I just loved all of that stuff. I loved playing music on the radio. Well, and it's like I remember as a kid just the difference between listening to a song in the car with you and with mom. Like you would play a song, yeah, but you and wouldn't you allow would, me to yeah. get into it at all. No, I'm saying when I was <laughs> a kid. Sang, no, I'm saying if I sang, you no, I'm saying jumped out the door when I was a kid, <laughs> like a little. Sing. Oh my god! When I was a little kid, <laughs> not teenager. Yeah. No, when you were a little kid, you never liked me. Oh well. No, you never. You should have. You should have emoted stuff. more. Yeah, it was the emotion. You I were said, lacking I the emotion. I said, I'll sing if I want. Yeah. I can remember my parents laughing so hard at stuff like. <clears throat> Like Johnny Carson show, oh god, and yes. all in the oh, yeah. all in the family, yep. mm -hmm. and the Coward Burnett show. Those three shows, oh, my pa show. my parents would be like in tears, laughing. I'll tell you something, man. In it, tears. It, it makes me happy every time I see her father. That Carol Burnett did a salute to Catherine's father on this show once. It was 
She went out of her way. It was phenomenal. Oh, she's a really, really cool lady. Hey, Don, uh, happy birthday. Just, just got a text geez. message from Pat Eberts. Yes. Who must be listening to the show. Yes. Betty White will be 100 on January so. 17th oh. of next year. I thought that she was about to turn. Let's hope she makes it. Well, she makes it. I haven't heard anything that she's... Yeah, she, yeah, she's been off the radar for a little bit. Oh, really? Damn it. Well, <laughs> there was a meme going around that says, with all the oh, yeah, chaos yeah, in the yeah, world, yeah. what kind of world are we going to leave to Betty White when we're all gone? <laughs> <laughs> She's going to live you forever. You knew who else has been off the grid and disappeared? It's mm-hmm. Gavin Newstead. I guess he showed up again today. Oh, I guess, oh, I guess okay. um, there's been a rumor swirling that because he got a booster yeah, that he was and sick. then vanished that he had a bad reaction to the booster. Right. Well, oh, why wouldn't heard. he just say he did? Because he I, can't do that. Can't, yeah. <laughs> what, are you, what, are you crazy? Because can't they, tell the truth? They said he had a family emergency, but his wife apparently was like tweeting and acting completely normal, and he wasn't responding to anything. He didn't show up to the climate summit. He like canceled everything for like two weeks or something. Yeah. I heard he was so, being treated, treated for uh, for something. I think he was being treated for being an arrogant asshole. He's one of the most arrogant oh, human he, beings. Yeah, I, I can't stand him. Oh, he's dreadfully he, arrogant. He reminds me of... Uh, he's a rich kid, isn't he? Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, God, yes. Who's he married to? He's, he, his family is involved in some big, giant corporation. Well, they all are. They all got their money. Yeah, they all. He reminds me of. Uh, I gotta look it up. Who's the Who's the actor that threw me off his beach? The one that always goes, "Hey, hey, hey!" Oh, uh, oh uh, <laughs> yeah. He just appeared in the news because he, t- he said, "You're not going to give it the vaccination to my kids." Yeah, but he, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. He reminds me of him a little bit. His attitude. Yeah, I could see his that. attitude. Matthew McConaughey said that you're not going to. You're not going to vaccinate, vaccinate my, my kids. kids. It ain't happening. No. Yeah, he said no way. I mean, he wasn't your vaccine. Well, he's not, he's not, he's not surprising proof to... that kids do not need this vaccine. It's just about making money well, again. Okay. Uh, Scandinavian God. countries and another one just hopped on board with not vaccinating people under 30 with a certain one. I don't remember what the whole story was. Well, I know, because like... all that stuff, as soon as something negative comes out about the vaccinations, yeah. then all of a sudden there's this blitz of positive things about the vaccinations yeah, exactly. and all the other stuff That's gets to, it just disappears it's the weirdest thing well and in places that have socialized health care they have to evaluate the cost versus health benefit of things like that like they don't like in america everybody is supposed to get the flu shot every year no matter what and in socialized healthcare countries only sick and elderly people get the flu shot because they're like we're not going to spend money on vaccinating everybody because you don't really need the flu shot it, I, I believe it was, so it's interesting it, i believe it was because of the um side effects that they were seeing yeah but i'm just saying not because of money i'm just saying i feel like in socialized healthcare places not saying that socialized healthcare is the way to go or anything but they pay attention to certain things more because it's not about profit as much well, it's about them about losing profit. money. We do have to take a break here, but I got to say one thing. Did you see who benefited the most from uh, those thirteen Republicans signing on to that uh, that uh, infrastructure bill? Pfizer. No, no, the infrastructure bill. <laughs> Somehow Pfizer's going to get no, the my areas. Friend. Oh, the areas. The three, New York. The New York. And California. Mars. No, no. Not California. New York. Chicago. Chicago. New Jersey. Philadelphia. And Mitch McConnell's home state. Uh, what a shock. Because wow. he's the one that talked him into endorsing What's Mitch McConnell's it. home state? 
is it Kentucky? Is that, I, God, think so. I don't remember. Oh, I don't remember what, what his home state is, but his state benefited the most of any of them. These greedy pigs that have tur- they will turn on you and me to make a dollar. It is told you it's all about the money, man. It's all about the follow money. the money. It's always about what a pig that man is. We'll take a break, come back, and we'll tell you who else is a pig right after this. <laughs> and we are back with stretches picks. Who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listeners? Our customers at Homeco Insulation and Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank. When they referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike's making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146. Use the promo code TOM. Go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Is this true? What? 40% of U.S. dollars in existence were printed in the last 12 months. Uh Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 40%? That's scary, isn't it? A little scary, isn't it? 40% what? 40% of U.S. dollars in existence were printed in the last 12 months. Well, well, here's... What? Let me me say this. You've got to take a video of how... Cassie sucks at turning Oh, my God. Well, let me say this. What's the the context? In her defense, that thing is tricky. What's the context of this? So I don't know if you guys know this. All paper money is shredded 24 hours a day, seven days a week for new money to be printed to stop counterfeiting. It's done every day, 24 hours a day, in every single place. Chicago has one. New York City has one. They shred money 24 hours a day. 
So is that saying all money that's in the country is recycled money that's just been printed? Yeah, or, or brand new. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, 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 that doesn't make any sense. Because, yeah. yes, all money is constantly printed. We constantly print money and shred old money to stop counterfeiting. It never stops. Okay. So most money is within a year or two old. But 40%? Oh, absolutely. They shred money. You, have you ever been there? No. To the one mm-hmm. in, oh, you, you got to go to the one in Chicago. You can get a tour, schedule a tour. This massive warehouse, and they just got stacks 40 feet in the air of money. They're shredding it. They'll give you big, giant bags of it. You take it home, shred it. Why would they give you money that they're going to shred? No, it's shredded already. Oh. They'll give it to you, shred it. <laughs> and you make I, a mattress out of it. Yeah, I was like, that sounds go. like a good plan. I'll go down no, there. No, they'll give you it to you. I'll take pallets it. of that unshredded money. But okay. they, have, <laughs> they shred money 24-7, seven days a week. And then they print new ones. But I do believe that this 40% is probably high, and, it's because, and that's why we're having inflation. Well, it depends if it's... You mean more money than we usually have is new, 40% new, or this yeah. the, every dollar is new printed? Because, yeah, we print just, money every day to replace In the money. last year, 40% of the money has been printed. But replaced or new or added? I that's don't know. I don't that's understand. why I was asking the question. Yeah. It could, if it's Where's replaced, Andy? If it's the replaced, Googly if it's replaced <laughs> tell us. If it's just replaced bills, that's probably the common number is 40%. That's probably been the same mm-hmm. for 10 years. We, re, we replace 40% of our money every year. Replace it, not add to it. There you have yeah, it. Yeah, because if we added 40%. Yeah, we're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> well, the dollar ain't worth nothing. Yeah. I'm <laughs> so. sure that's... Uh, I'm sure that's replaced. What does that mean? Oh, 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 oh. oh yeah. <laughs> Judy, stop! I don't know why he's doing this. Judy, stop! I think it's your bag. No, no it's your bag. Oh my God! How dare you bring a bag in here, man? He saw this bag floating down the hallway. He's like, "What's well, a little weird?" He's always for been me. super weird about bags. It's okay, it's he used okay. to. Always bark at grocery bags. Yes, he did. He's got a bag problem. He has a bag problem. You crazy man. Are you a psychopath, dude? an odd dog. Marty, my wife, Kath. Hi, nice to meet you. Hi. Our daughter, Alex. Hello. Not not our son. Okay, not our son. Oh, come on, man. Well, he's usually here, but he just had a baby this Sunday, so he's she's sitting in for him. She's sitting in for Andy. Yep, we just had a baby on my birthday, as a matter of fact. That's beautiful. Really? Yeah, it was. Oh, that's awesome. Our baby was born on my birthday. Yeah, it's the it's the three musketeers now. Alex got two of the musketeers, and Andy's got the other. It was on your birthday. It's pretty cool. It was on my birthday. Pretty cool. He's got a cone head too. He's a major cone. Head. He's pretty he cool. A, it's on your birthday. Go on ahead. Yeah. He'll decone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he will. He'll decone. Decone. eventually decone. He'll decone. <laughs> okay, I gotta run this by everybody, Marty. You, you can join in too. I don't have a mic for her. There's a, uh, well, there's fine. a mic on this set yeah, of headphones, but you can't hear but you the headphones aren't working. Through yeah. the headphones yeah. for some yeah, but we can hear you talk. So you could take you one off. Like yeah, just take this off and talk into the mic. Because you can Sorry. hear what we're saying. We just don't. This is a high-tech well, we operation The mic must be working now. Cause you well, the mic works. No, the mic works. The headphones that don't work. I think the wire must be bad in it or something. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, we'll get it figured out. Okay. Do you have the mic on? Yep, everything's on. Okay, go ahead and talk. Say hello. Hello. There we go. Somebody is not listening, right? 
I hope not. The kids, they can't. Oh, no, no, they can't. He better be working. <laughs> he better be working. Working hard or hardly working. Yeah, something like that. Okay, so I'm asking the five of you to name. There is a person, he's a famous person, that, that said he's going to or should run against Trump in 2024. And he said, there is no way I would lose. I would beat Donald Trump's ass. Who said that? Joe Biden. She? And I said, no, no. He. Oh, I think he said she. Joe um, Biden said it. Very no. famous person, very wealthy person. It's an actor, and his name is. Um, I don't know. Any guesses while he's thinking? I, don't, I can't think of a actor? single famous person yeah. right I now. I didn't say he was an actor. <laughs> I'm I never he's an oh. actor. He said he's an actor. Um, Dwayne he's Johnson? Been in, he's been in movies. The Rock. Oh, Yes. No, it's not Dwayne Johnson. Well, no, he's he been in movies, he but he's gonna... not really an actor. Oh. Um, he's had two or three movies, something like that. That's it? He said he suggests he should run for president in 2024, claims he would beat Donald Trump's ass. So he's thinking about running. Oh, I know who it is. Who is it? It's Howard Stern. Exactly. Very good, honey. Oh. I, saw that, I saw that on Twitter yesterday, and I said, oh, sexist pig beats sexist Howard pig. Stern. <laughs> Howard Stern. Howard Stern would never get elected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great. He would never get elected. First of all, he's Jewish. He'll never be a Jewish president. What? What? we got two Catholics. There yeah, will try to get a Jewish to become to be president. Well, a Jewish? Did you just say a Jewish? Say, aren't you a Jewish? He'll never be a where are you never from? Be a Jewish, uh, they'll never Jewish. be a Jewish president. Oh, yes. Why not? Well. Because there's too many anti-Semites, man. I'm telling you. Uh, Marty, Marty, are you, are you uh, the member of the tribe? You're I, nodding to your head. I am, I am a member of the tribe. I was going to say, you're nodding that head. Are you a Jewish? I am a Jewish. I'm a Jewish. A Jewish person. That's phenomenal. She's over there going, Would you vote for Howard you. Stern for president? No. I would, I would not. Yay. <laughs> there's two, there's two people that can never become president: an Italian and a Jew. They just won't let them happen, man. An Italian, really? No, no way. Well, well, actually, the Italians ran it when it was Kennedy, because he, he was tied to the ball. <laughs> Look so what he, happened. Yeah, it's true. They all got shot to death. That's a good point. That's why it'll never happen again. <laughs> That's probably a really good point. They got open. They, they killed open, all of them. Killed? They did. They killed all of them. Yeah. So that's never going to happen again. I don't. Okay, so. The person of interest is not listening, so it's, we're okay. The person to talk. of interest. I hope, so. I hope not. Talk about Does he listen to talk about criminal here? Yes, it's a criminal. <laughs> yeah. That's why Marnie's here. The person of he interest. He wants me to have him arrested. <laughs> but no, I, I just want to make sure that I, you know, since we threw your name, we could say you're Marnie, somebody else. Though. That's we could just right. Make up a different name. That's right. Yeah. That'd be good. So, it, it listens to the morning show. Morning show. Okay. Every day at seven. <laughs> Every day it's when seven. you're at your best. Yeah. Well, I've woken up a little that. bit. Let me think about that today. Was I at my best today at seven o'clock? At one of those days because we're going to Nashville tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. So basically, I would ask questions on the morning show and nobody would answer me because they're all making plans about Nashville. I'm like, could you wait till we get off the I, air? I had reservations to make. Grand I had things to do. I'm making lists of things. I'm leaving my children that are going to be juggled between like 17 different relatives so I can be gone for four days with my husband. 17 <laughs> it's, it's like unbelievable how difficult it is. It's been quite a journey to just leave for four days. And it was something that we went and met uh, met Ethan, our new grandson, yesterday. And Alex I'm Nana Point Three. Nana Point Three. Three grandchildren now. You do now. <laughs> <laughs> 
we got Alex has a five-year-old and a three-year-old, and they showed up I do. yesterday. I do. And our three-year-old, for some reason, and I don't know why, likes to take his hands and shove my face straight up. He does this. He Maybe goes, he's going to be a plastic <laughs> surgeon. Can I honestly go to go, You Shane, need what some work. Doing? What are you doing? Is that what Ralph does when people need a face? I was like, what the hell is... How was that It's fun? because you react so dramatically. Oh, it's my fault. Uh, you um, feed into all of the frenzy. Of what do you want? Okay. My God. We are over I'm at my... I'm okay. reason. So, We're at my 95-year-old. So Sorry. Cassie. Yeah. Like, pretend swat at me. Okay. That's what Sage would do. And my dad goes... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he does the air fight. Or just the like, or grabs him and he's like, sleeper fight. hold. And I'm like... <laughs> So then it just riles him up even more. And no, he's like, I why don't. Why do you choose to torture me? And it's like, okay. You're making it up. It's because you turn into a cartoon character wrestler. I'm at my 95-year-old grandfather. My grandfather. My <laughs> father's house. My God. He's... Yeah, your grandfather would be about 155. <laughs> but... And, and Tom, Tom came with me. And I brought, we brought the grandchildren over there. And they were so loud. My dad was like. Hey, I think they need to settle down a little bit. So I'm like, Tom, could you please, you know, quiet down? That quieted down for what, maybe twelve seconds, and then back to. They sat on my lap. I was trying to take control. Yeah, but you're like, ah, ah, yeah. <laughs> Marty, is there anything that I do right? Do you think? Uh... Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure you. Well, do. they they do love you. But you do well, rile. That's about it, Tom. You. <laughs> that's all you've got. Going. No, you rile. You do rile. No, the kids. It's it's wonderful. You have a great relationship with yes, the children, they but do. they just yes. get they you, get you wind them up. Is all we're they saying. They do get wound up. Yeah. Indoor, indoor voice. Indoor yeah. voice. Well, Tom, indoor oh. voice. Sage does not have an indoor voice. <laughs> no. You know what his nickname is for me, Marnie? What? He's three years old, and they call me Bop Bop. That was a funny started. Funny started that. She called me Bop Bop. I think. I don't know what she was trying to say, Papa or Bop Bop or what she was trying to yeah, say. Yeah, all of a sudden, at like a little over a year, she just pointed directly at him across the room and went, Bop Bop. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, well, I guess that's what you're going to call him now. Been bop Bop ever so since. He's it's absolutely bop, bop. True. So cute. Yep. They are very, very cute. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, and I brought that up this morning on, on, on the morning show. I said, you want to talk about how horrible the world is and America sucks and everything's terrible? When you hold the baby in your arms for about 10 seconds and then tell me how the world sucks, okay? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Oh, my gosh, and he's so tiny. He is oh, tiny. His rib cage literally is like, oh, like holding four a inches. <laughs> yeah. like my kids were massive at birth. <laughs> like, my son, who is not a large kid at all. No. My well, kids now are very side. small. No, he's like on the low end of... He's oh, like, is he? He's tallish, but he's skinny. Yeah, he's skinny, yeah. But my son... At birth, weighed almost three pounds more than Ethan did yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and I weighed two more pounds than he did. <laughs> you weighed a pound and a half more than Sage did. I was I was two feet tall and weighed eleven pounds yeah. when I was born. He came out they with a cigarette. Yeah, top man. Like, hey. hey. I weighed eleven pounds. Wow, hey. that's a big baby. As a matter of fact, Mark Merrow is my friend. He, when he was born, he was twenty-six inches tall and weighed thirteen. Pounds uh, and three ounces. Geez. Can you imagine natural childbirth too? By the oh. way, oh, that makes me hurt. feel pretty no, good. That's I would not imagine. right. That's not right. No, thank you. <laughs> Who was this large? Mark Merrill's. I grew up with him. Oh, what birth order was he? First. How many pounds? <laughs> <laughs> we know. That's heavier than like a watermelon. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's probably as big as a watermelon, I would well, imagine. Were they natural childbirths? That's what he claimed. I don't well, know, man. That seems a little over the top. <laughs> seems a little well, over the top. Well, your brother was, what, 13, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, Terry was a giant. Ter- but Terry he was, was a giant. He's still a giant. He's like six foot five, and he's a large guy. I didn't know he's babies came that big. Oh, yeah. When they're pounds? like a month overdue, yes. <laughs> Haven't you seen the National Enquirer where the kids well. come out with a cigarette and a beer? <laughs> <laughs> come on. They're huge. One of the largest yeah. baby ever naturally born is. I don't know. I can look oh, it up. Oh, I... I read this not that long ago. And I have a friend that's a birth doula. So she is at people's births and assists them and everything. And she will send me. She's like, got a big one today. And it's just like these huge babies. Just like, this is amazing. And a lot of that is undiagnosed gestational diabetes. Children, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The biggest baby ever born vaginally, natural. Okay. I understand what vaginal is there. Well, Natural. You never know. You they never have so know. many ways to give birth now. Um, she was born in 1846. She measured. She was weight. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Anna Bates gave birth to a baby boy weighing 22 pounds. No, no, no. And was 28 inches long. And it was vaginal. Yes. How? How? In Ohio. How? I. Don't know. A shoehorn, oh, maybe? Pounds? I, I don't know. They, oh, God. Fauna <laughs> is five years old and she weighs, I think, 33 pounds. <laughs> yeah. What? 22 pounds? That's, that's like a turkey. That's, <laughs> it's a big turkey. That's a, I was like saying, that's a very large turkey. A big Thanksgiving turkey. Oh, my God. That's oh, not how? right at Understand. all. God bless women. Ooh. Yes, God bless us indeed. Mm-hmm. Every God bless us. Every oh, moment. here we go. Taking all the credit. Oh, yes. We so do all the work. kids in the Jewish world? That's for the Jewish. <laughs> for the Jewish. They're, they're great. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of how I answer that. <laughs> Can you please speak for all of the Jewish right, children right. in the yeah, world? Exactly. That'd be great. Very By the way, I'm going to hold it against you from now on. That, that ad that they run on the news, that young woman is talking to the Israelis about the Jewish guy. Yeah. My God, it makes me tear up every time I see it. Oh, God. It's, have you seen that? Which one? Which one? What, what is the, it's, I think it's like the Israeli Relief Fund or oh, something the like feet, that. Yeah, they're feeding. Yeah, what is up with... Oh, yeah. God, these old women have not eaten have in like nothing. two weeks. It's like, oh, Aww, God. Is, yeah. It's hard to watch. It's yeah. really hard to watch. They got to... Do that because you got Hollywood right now against Israel. And why is it? Okay, the Jewish. Explain it to me. This is what we're gonna call you now. Don't look at me. I mean, I grew up in North Minneapolis. Catholic, black, Jews. That's mm-hmm. who grew up in my neighborhood. Everybody loved one another. What happened? I... Now white people are all racist, and we all hate black people, and the Jews are horrible because they're from Israel. What happened? I don't... Well, they, they, they're going against the Jews because the Palestinians. Yeah, that's and... uh, well, whatever. Well, how is that our business anyway? It's not. It's not. No. Uh, whatever. We okay, got, we got to take a break. More things we should be. It should be our business. Thing. Like twenty-six pound baby and coming out vaginally. <laughs> like that. That'd be a good one to focus on. Oh God! I'm glad it wasn't me. Where do you That's have time, right? Time. All I got is time. All, all I got is time. We're good. Okay, we'll take a break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes with the family.